multi-team or even whole organizational agility, business agility, whatever it is you would like to label it as, has never been easy. And there has been a huge number of frameworks over the years that have come and gone. Some have stood the test of time, others haven't. But all of them, well, I say all of them, most of them have had pretty good, strong values at their core. The Less Matters podcast is here for more than just less stuff. This podcast exists to help you get to grips with multiple team agile, to help you get to grips with how to scale, or even just how to be a better agilist and agile leader yourself, to accelerate your performance and the performance of those around you. Here at Less Matters, we are going to be having lots of chats with people that maybe have never even heard of Less before, but have brilliant, informative, valuable things to share with all of us. So, here we go. Without any further ado, let's get on to this week's Less Natter. Uh, what is something in the agile world that you feel should have been more popular? Um, that's a simple question for me, um, because I think everybody nowadays, and I really mean everybody, if we talk about agility, starts talking about immediately about Scrum or Kanban. Yeah. So it's really narrowed down to two frameworks. And of course, the scaling frameworks stand like less. But if we look at these 17 people from uh, who wrote the Agile Manifesto in 2001, I mean, they were representatives of many other Agile approaches, Agile frameworks, standards, methods. And some of they were great. I mean, like adaptive software development or the crystal family of frameworks, feature-driven development, probably. Yeah, and so many more. I mean... They are all pretty much forgotten, I think. It's just Scrum and Kanban anymore. And I think there would be less failed transitions if coaches would be familiar with at least seven or eight of these other frameworks so that they could really pick and choose what is the best match for this for this environment. Not just Scrum, not just Kanban. Let's look at the environment and let's find the perfect match for that. And I think that's that's something which people should start learning about again. I mean, they, they talk about Scrum, Kanban, and sometimes maybe extreme programming, but that's pretty much it. And that's not enough, in my personal uh, opinion. Less trainers and people in the less world will generally always mention extreme programming at least once, yep. once in every yeah. conversation. That I've Absolutely. Had. Apart from my conversation with a young lady called Saloni, mm-hmm. she didn't mention it. <laughs> Everyone else did. As hmm. Bars mentioned a f- an approach in his interview, and I can't for the life of me think what it was, but it was something I'd never heard of before. Mm-hmm. And it really, and I was like, wow, I thought I'd heard of most of them. But yeah, it was something I hadn't heard of before. I think it was Kent Beck's approach Kent Beck? to scaling. Yeah, yeah, there was Kent Beck had an approach to scaling. Um, I think it was or do you mean expert? No, let me just have a quick look. Campex? I don't know. I, I, this is why I proved myself wrong. Here we are. Oh, I didn't put it in the show notes. Oh, add it in the show notes mm-hmm. to this one because I really can't remember what it was that he said. But yeah, there was a, a, a framework that I'd never heard of and the one that he had tried with Craig, I think, at some point. 
he said it was yeah, there's some really interesting things in there he didn't find it that applicable but he did find it very useful so i think as a i would agree with you there's lots of stuff in, in the agile world which has just been resigned to the history history books because it wasn't able to ride the crest of a marketing wave or didn't apply that didn't dare i say didn't appeal enough to project managers yeah, yeah. <laughs> or non-technical people yeah so they never really never really took off no exactly and there are many which are really, really interesting and which are really, they have great ideas in it. Um, you know, Scrum is very small, 17 pages, and the rest you need to come up with yourself. I mean, this is for somebody who is not aware of with that or has no um, idea about organizational development and so on. It's just not enough. Yeah. And like I said, in other frameworks, they you could probably pick some elements of the other frameworks and add it. To your for your uh, to maybe do Scrum or Kanban and, and create something which works for your working environment. But that's exactly what we should do. We should have this toolbox, as if you're coaches and if you're accompanying transitions, adoptions, transformations, you know, <laughs> which is all change management in my understanding. But we should have this toolbox. You know, like I said, if you have just a toolbox with two tools in it, it's hard to fix something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it is still a toolbox. It's still a toolbox, an empty, <laughs> a pretty empty one. <laughs> yeah. Great, you're giving me a few ideas there, which I might, I'm not going to verbalize those ideas now because then I commit myself to doing them. Because I do find it interesting. I had this image in my mind of this dusty old library or a graveyard where, all, where, where good ideas have gone to die. You know, And I think that perhaps some of those should be exhumed. Mm studied and, and spoken about a bit more because who knows what we might learn I, I would definitely learn something i think most people would learn something absolutely and i think what is also important for people to understand if they are trying to help organizations with a uh, transformation uh, transition is that they need to understand the status quo of the organization so that means not just agile frameworks but they need to understand what are standards and methods yeah? where are they at the moment what's the starting point so what exactly needs to be changed I think that's missing very often because people started, let's say, three, four, five years ago, became agile coaches, which is great, uh, of course, but it's not much experience yet already. So if they haven't been familiar with like traditional project management or traditional organizational structures, matrix organizations, etc. This is one of the issues. Like I love the IC Agile Agile coaching syllabus. I think it's a good introduction to yep. individual coaching. I think it kind of is a bit rubbish when it comes to team coaching so i've i've rewritten my course so yeah. it's actually more useful for team coaching and try to make it a whole team coaching course mm-hmm. but then it, and, I, and I, I like what it's got there but it is based on this premise that you're a experienced agile practitioner first and then this mm-hmm. is being built upon that yeah i don't know how many and people have heard me talk about this in other podcasts but how many agile coaches at the moment have been have ever written a line of code or <laughs> tested any software or yeah. ever actually sat down and had to refine a product backward item with other people and mm-hmm. then taking that through to the point where someone's telling you that actually it isn't what they wanted it's in production yeah <laughs> or it is what they wanted and get the jubilation of knowing that you've solved a problem for someone yeah i wonder how many people have experienced that as a proportion in the agile yeah. industry 
which goes back to the philosophical question again what is agile coaching i mean or if you're a, a surgeon or something is it necessary that you have broken your leg before that you can fix a broken leg i don't know i love that that's brilliant there wouldn't be many doctors would <laughs> no, not okay. that. so before you can uh, operate on a brain tumor have a brain tumor and really limit the number of people that were able to then operate mm. brain tumors, which would make the world a much darker place. I don't see agile coaching as a profession anymore. I see agile coaching as an industry. Yeah. It's an industry, and, and people are, because it is unregulated yeah. and it is not controlled in any way, people can behave however they want within yeah. the industry. And I think that's, and that's part of the problem. And I, I stopped call, calling myself uh, agile, being an agile coach, as uh, I call myself an agile guide. Which is nicer than some of the names. I've, I've heard many a name for agile mm. coaches, guides. Some of them, I must admit, have made me shun no, okay. a little bit. I'm really, I'm not going to share them, though, because I'm pretty sure those words have only been used by one particular person and I wouldn't want to out them. But yeah, I am also guilty of calling myself stupid things and <laughs> stupid things for the record. I am perfect in this by any stretch of the imagination. I've always tried to avoid calling myself an agile mm. coach. Other people will call me an yeah. agile coach. I teach an agile team coaching syllabus. Mm -hmm. I would never, I would never go out and call myself an agile coach because I think it's just become jargon. Because mm -hmm. it's an it's this big homogenous blob of people and industry now. At the moment, that organisations turn their hand to producing agile coaches, and it just becomes a, it just becomes a commercial product you're working with in that industry. What a brilliant conversation. Do you know what? I really enjoy talking to people, as you can probably tell. So I hope you've enjoyed listening to it too. Now, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, give us your feedback. The more attention that we get, the easier it makes it for me to free up the time to record these podcasts and edit them, to add videos onto the YouTube channel for Less Matters community. So please do give us your feedback, share it, like it, love it, give us your suggestions. My name is Ben Maynard. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Less Matters podcast. Until next time, stay safe and we'll see you then.